Amen. With music like that, all morning it's hard to wait. <laughs> and we've still got ten more days until Christmas. I hope that this Advent season, that you are waiting and that your, your wait is turning into a holy anticipation as we wait for the birth of Christ our Lord. As we anticipate that glorious morning, that glorious time in our lives. One of the ways, as I've shared, that we share the, the Advent season for those that are visiting today is through our Advent devotion guide. And I, and I hope that you're reading along. I noticed, Joe Bob, today your Advent was the one we read this morning. And, and Joe Bob shared about the, the first Christmas that you really remember vividly, December 25th, 1941. Wow. What, a, what an incredible memory that we have the chance to share those stories with each other and with our community. So I hope and trust that as, as, uh, as you are preparing and waiting for Advent, for Christmas, that you're experiencing the hope of the Lord. You're experiencing His peace. And today, as we celebrate His joy, that you are anticipating and experiencing the joy of the Lord even in the midst of this season of waiting even in the midst of struggles and hardships. And what better way to begin our time with, with me this morning by reflecting on the joy of our children. We wanted to share this brief video just to express that joy from the joy of giving last week where we had about 100 children involved in, in making gifts gifts that they could share and give with others. And I appreciate so much the volunteers that came. So, so let's allow this experience of joy to grow and to well up within us as we watch for these next few minutes.
want to thank all of you that participated and made that such a wonderful, wonderful evening. Charles Dickens said this, It is good to be children, sometimes and never better than at Christmas, when its mighty founder was a child himself. What a great time to be a, be a child is during Christmas and the joy of, certainly of receiving, but, but more importantly, the joy of giving. And as we discover that, the first and greatest Christmas gift ever given when God gave His Son for us. Turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 7. This is our, our theme passage for these weeks of Advent. And I just want to read over it real quickly again. Uh, so as we continue to explore and discover and, and, and look at the signs of Christmas, that we can continue. Verse 10 in Isaiah chapter 7. Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Make it deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. And then the Lord said, Listen now, O house of David, is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men that you will try the patience of my God as well? Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call His name Emmanuel. The signs of Christmas... The three signs of Christmas that we have been exploring over these last weeks and continue with today. First of all, a virgin will be with child fulfilled in the Scriptures through Mary. She will bear a son. And that son will be called Emmanuel. Again, Mary fulfills these signs as she bears a son and they call His name Jesus. Wait a minute, I thought he was supposed to be called Emmanuel, and yet we call him Jesus. What, what's going on here? You see, in Scripture, we need to remember that one's name reveals or represents the nature or the essence of that person. If you remember in the story, of the, the nativity story of Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, that the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream and tells him that Mary will become pregnant by the, the Spirit of God and that Joseph is to name that child Jesus. But it's Matthew who, who continues on a few verses later and wants us to understand that we're talking about the same sign. We're talking about the fulfillment of the same Scripture and reminds us of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 and clarifies that this son that Joseph and Mary will call Jesus is also this son that is born of a virgin whose name is to be called Emmanuel. You see, the names of Jesus reveal to us who Jesus is. And Emmanuel is one of those critical names that we must understand is the name, is the character, is the essence of who Jesus is. For Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is God with us. And when we understand and know that, it gives a new context and a new understanding to everything that we know about who Jesus is. There in, in those prophetic passages in Isaiah, in chapter 9, the Scripture tells us that Jesus will be this wonderful Counselor, this mighty God, this Eternal Father, this Prince of Peace. 
But these names only have their deepest meaning and fulfillment when we understand that they are Jesus, God with us. Jesus is the wonderful counselor because he is the wonderful counselor who is God with us. As we turn into the New Testament, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. This beautiful Christmas story in, in verses 1 through 20. And we want to just read a, a couple of those verses this morning. Luke chapter 2. We'll begin in verse, verse 8 through 11 for this morning. In the same region, this is while the shepherds are out uh, keeping their sheep. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord." As we look at this scripture and as we look at these names of Jesus, it helps us to understand better who Jesus is. Even the word Jesus is a transliteration from the Hebrew of the word of the name Joshua, which means Yahweh or the Lord or God saves. God is with us, Emmanuel, Jesus, God is with us to save us. Jesus is the Christ. Now, it's interesting. We, we might think that Christ is Jesus' last name. Well, it's Jesus Christ, right? Hello, I'm Jesus Christ. Christ is not the last name of Jesus. It is, again, it's a title. It's an affirmation. It tells us who He is. Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. God is with us as Messiah. Jesus in John chapter 1, we understand that Jesus is the Word. He's the Logos. He is God that became flesh and dwelt among us. He is Emmanuel. And when the Word became flesh, when Jesus became a man, the Word did not cease to become and being God. You see, if Jesus is not Emmanuel, then the signs of Christmas have not been fulfilled. You see, if Jesus is not Emmanuel, He cannot save us. And if Jesus is Emmanuel, then He is not merely a prophet or a good man. In fact, Jesus cannot be a good man if He is not the God-man. I love the way C.S. Lewis puts it in, in one of his writings. And allow me to read this for you just briefly. Listen to the words of, of C.S. Lewis as he describes that Jesus must be, he must be Emmanuel. He says, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. They might say, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. But you must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else 
a madman or something worse. You, can't, you can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. What a powerful passage and reflection on who Jesus is. That, that so many times we patronize Jesus. Oh, we want to celebrate Christmas. Oh, Jesus, the, the cute little baby in the manger. Jesus is Emmanuel. This is the good news of great joy. The great joy of Christmas is that the God who saves us is now the God who is with us. All through the Old Testament, we, we had stories of, of, of God being the one who would save. He, he saved His people through the Exodus. God would always save, but now, through Jesus the Christ, the great joy of Christmas is that this God who saves is now the God who comes to live and dwell among us. Church, this is the great joy of Christmas. So this morning, we must ask this question. Where is your joy this Christmas season? What is the source of your joy? You see, joy is not found at a party. It's not found in a relationship. Joy is not even found as a gift under the tree. Lasting joy is not found in youth, for youth is fleeting. Lasting joy is not found in health, for these earthen vessels will one day take their last breath. Lasting joy is not found in riches, for they too will rust away. The joy found in these things is only temporary. And many times, these things that we would want to put our joy in only provide us with disappointment and discontentment. Christmas joy, the joy that we prepare for during Advent, Christmas joy, however, comes from the truth that God is with us in the person of Jesus, the one who saves have any of you ever felt the sting, the hurt of rejection, prejudice, discrimination, loneliness? Emmanuel, God is with you. Have any of you ever experienced the darkness, the lostness, the guilt, and even the shame of sin? Jesus, God saves. Rejoice in this truth and do not be afraid, for lasting joy is found in the Christ, the one who saves us and the one who supplies us with all things that we need to enjoy. So let's focus and let's talk a minute about the joy of Advent, this season of waiting and preparing, waiting and preparing for joy. You see, the reality is, is, is there are times in our lives where joy is hard to realize. 
And oftentimes, the joy of Christmas, the joy of, the joy of the music we shared today, the joy of children engaging and anticipating Christmas, the joy of Christmas is so overwhelming at times, but at times it often conflicts. It conflicts with and brings to light our own brokenness, our own disappointments, our own heartaches. Advent, however, invites us to acknowledge our longing for joy, our waiting for joy, even in the midst of our struggles. During Advent, we discover the value of anticipating joy. Are you anticipating joy? Would you say, joy's not here yet, but I'm anticipating joy. Instead of saying, I have no joy this Christmas, Advent calls us to wait for that joy. Because in the coming of Emmanuel, listen to the scripture, in the coming of Emmanuel, the poor will receive good news, the brokenhearted will be bound up, the captives will be freed, the blind will see, the sick will be healed, those who mourn will be comforted, and those who have been devastated will be rebuilt. Oh, that we can anticipate that joy even in the midst of the struggles of life. Yesterday, yesterday morning was, was, was a holy moment. It was a, a set-apart time for me as I had the chance to sit next to Al McCord following the death of his wife, Rosemary. They'd been married for 72 years. Wow, what a legacy and heritage. As I sat next to Al, there was great sadness. There was sorrow. There was loss. I didn't feel like a lot of joy. I, I was getting ready to preach on joy the next day. And, and wow, Lord, where's the joy? Where's the joy in moments like this? And then I remembered the words of Peter. Who said that the inexpressible joy of our faith is found in our salvation. There is joy because Jesus. There is joy because the Lord saves. There is joy because Emmanuel, God, is with us. And Nehemiah 8.10 proclaims that the joy of the Lord is my strength. You see, joy doesn't always manifest itself with confetti and streamers and outward excitement. And cheer. The scripture reminds us and tells us that joy manifests itself in strength. Al's joy yesterday was found in his strength. His strength to release his bride, his wife of 72 years, into the hands of the Lord, rejoicing in her salvation you see that's true joy true joy because we have a God that saves and a God that is with us in every moment that we can have Advent joy is about waiting 
Yes, there, there are tastes of that joy that we experience here and now. And certainly in, in the music, in the gift giving, we anticipate the fulfillment of that in deep and rich and joyful ways. But oh, that we would understand that we're waiting for the fulfillment of that joy in ways that we can yet imagine. But Advent joy is more than just waiting. Advent joy is also about preparation. You see, one of the ways Advent calls us to prepare for the joy in front of us is through repentance. Advent, this time of preparation, is a time of repentance. It's a time to examine our own lives. You see, to repent means that we are to to move or to change, to see things differently than we do now. Repentance for God's people in the Old Testament took place in exile. Did did you get that? Repentance took place in Babylon. And and what did repentance look like eventually? It looked like them returning back to Jerusalem. Why? Because God was not in Babylon, right? God was in Jerusalem in that time. And so as God's people repented from exile, They were repenting because they were away from God and and they needed to change their place and their location, their way of thinking, their way of living. And they made that trek and that journey back to Jerusalem to where the presence of God was. That's what repentance is. is recognizing that we live too often in exile and that it's time to change our our residency. It's time to change our, our address and to move back to the presence of God because true joy can only be found in God's presence we must realize that in our sin and in our rebellion that we are apart from God that we are in the land of exile and that we need to move we need to change we need to see things differently one of the great Christmas movies and books and stories of our time, last couple of centuries, is Charles Dickens' The Christmas Carol. If you're familiar with that story, it's as a result of three dreams. Ebenezer Scrooge visited Christmas's past, present, and future. And he was so deeply impacted and broken by what he saw that he changed. He repented. He moved. You see, this was an act of repentance. His life was transformed. And he discovered the joy. The joy that resided within. And the joy that he could have on impacting the lives of others. You see, before repentance, Scrooge was, well, he was Scrooge. Ball humbug, right? Nobody wanted to be around. They said the dogs would run from him. But after repentance, after he changed his mind, he changed his location, after he moved from where he was, his life was filled with joy. That's, that's the key to the end of the movie is Joy. His life is filled with joy because he repented. Filled with joy which resulted in grace and generosity towards others. Instead of being the one that destroyed lives, now he was the one that made lives better. 
Likewise, you too can change your life through repentance by moving from exile, by moving from a place where God is not present, by moving into the presence of God. The repentance of Christmas means that you too can change and affect your future. Repentance places us in Bethlehem on the night of Jesus' birth in the presence of God, our Savior. Are you in need of joy during this Advent season? Are you in need of, of hope? Are you looking for peace? During this Advent season, then, some of us must wait. And some of us must prepare. But let us all be reminded that joy is found in a manger in Bethlehem in just a few short days. It's already been mentioned, I think, once or twice. Christmas Eve service, what, what we're learning and what I, I read an article this week that tells us that, that people are more likely to attend a Christmas Eve service, a candle lighting service, than any other service during the rest of the year. Folks, that's an invitation for us to invite our friends and our family to come and to join us. And if you're not going to be in Norman, go wherever you're at. Invite folks to go with you to, to the Christmas Eve service because people are, are willing to go and share in the story of Christ and all oh, that they would understand that that is what we've been waiting for. And it's the beginning of our journey. The highlight of our time together each year on Christmas Eve is that we sing joy to the world. The Lord is come. And we lift our candles before the Lord. The light of the world. It's an awesome and, and a holy moment that each of us remember. Notice the carol. It says the Lord is come. Not that the Lord has come. Oh, that we would remember that Jesus continually comes in the present of our lives. Jesus didn't come 2,000 years ago. Jesus didn't come last year at Christmas or the year before at Christmas. Jesus is come. Jesus is coming presently. Jesus is here and His coming is constant and present with us. Oh, that we would understand and know that. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. And he awaits for us each morning in Bethlehem. Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds are there. Emmanuel is there. Are you? You see, it's not too late. There's still 10 days to prepare. There's still 10 days to change, to move, to, to see things differently, to repent and believe. The road to Bethlehem awaits each of us. You see, the signs of Christmas are all around, and they are pointing us to a virgin who will give birth to a son in Bethlehem. His name is Emmanuel. God with us. Let's pray. Father, what a powerful, beautiful story. We thank you for these signs that you give us, these signs of Christmas. And, and today we thank you for the gift of hope and peace and joy. 
We thank you for the cheer and the, the, the happiness that this season brings, but we also thank you that joy is also present through your strength, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death and, and difficult times, that your joy is with us as we experience it today and as we anticipate it fully in the future. God, you've stirred our hearts today, and as we sing, we pray that we would respond faithfully, whether that is in our pews or whether that means coming forward and, and, and having a prayer with one of our deacons or, or ministers or just sharing what you're doing in our lives. Father, there are many here today seeking joy. They need to repent and turn, return from the exile to Bethlehem. May they begin that journey today, that journey into your presence. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.